Get ready to listen. Okay, next one. Get ready to listen. Block by block Chicago. Block by block Chicago. Block by block Chicago. My name is Cassandra Hickman, and the session I will be talking about is Imagining decarceration through attention, encampment, and resistance. I will be talking about the solutions of creating somewhat of a calm area after the issue has occurred and how to share it with individuals who may or may not been affected after it has happened. So my first question is, why do you think people with mental health are put into jail instead of getting actual help? I think that if someone doesn't have the support they they need, then they may not have control over their bodies and their actions. And then those, when someone sees someone who doesn't have control, they feel fear towards them. And in the fear, they exert violence. It's a like perpetuating kind of uh, cycle. Um, as opposed to um, de-escalation um, where um, if you come in and your, your position is that you need to stop this activity, then that's already a resistance as opposed to coming in and asking what, the, what is this situation is the sort of first step to de-escalating and sort of being more open to the kind of difference in behavior. That is one way, one way I might respond to that. I didn't totally hear the question. The question was, why do you think people with mental health are put into jail instead of getting help? Oh, yeah. You know what this makes me think of? Um, when we first met and spoke a bit about the village and uh, resistance architecture coming together, we talked about um, the very real fact of crimes of survival and um, how, which, which is um, not you know, necessarily directly linked to questions of mental health, but often when people are um, experiencing poverty, struggling to get um, health care in general or mental health care, don't have access to resources, oftentimes there is um, uh, an engagement in activities which our, um, our police system, our judicial system, our legal system have can call crimes, but they're actually m means or mechanisms for people to actually just get health care um, and get access to things like medicines and stuff like that. And so I think that what, how, how you would are self-medicating or, yeah, or, or, or whatever, getting food, you know, any, any range of things, um, access to, to shelter. And that, that can, uh, so it's, it's, it's like a very um, ingrained, intractable system of misunderstanding. And um, that is, is really dangerous for people who don't have access to resources. You want me to do the same question? Yeah, you can. I think that if we started helping people more, then it points to uh, the injustice of the entire system. It points to how poverty is uh, causal to mental uh, illness. It points to, um, and it's profitable. So it generates profit to, you know, use people as, as, a, as, as like 
food for this uh, negative system. Next question is, do you wish this topic could reach a larger platform, and how could you get other people to, like, listen or join in with, like, the service? Hmm. I wish it reached more people like y'all. Um, like younger people? Yeah, I think it, uh, specifically more younger people of color who are coming from, uh, I don't know where you came from, but um, he came from South 69, Side. so presumably 69. somewhere around there. Um, right, because 63rd and 69th aren't that far away, and yet it is hard to know when something like this is going on. It's a good question. Yeah. Oh my God, so that's the kind of thing that, that I wish you got more of that You guys were talking about how carpeting, like, people wanted to, like, the LGBTQ plus, like, and women wanted to work and help with, like, building things and making things. What, what would be, like, a reason for them to have, like, a blocking for them not to do it? I would say, so there's this, it's, it's like a cultural history, you know, oftentimes if there's, if I'm holding a power tool, some man will come up to me and say, oh, I'll, let me help you, as if I need help, assuming that I don't have the skill. And when that happens from a really little age, then it's just a matter of access. Like, that tool is then always kind of like consistently taken out of the hand of, 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 a, of, of a person who doesn't look like a quintessential like male carpenter. Um, and honestly, power tools are fun. So it's just a way to kind of steal the toy, you know? And I, I want to get the toy back in everybody's hands. <laughs> it's, yeah, I it, it mean, it's, um, it's like, it's an institutionalized cultural bias, mm -hmm. like racism. Sexism is a, is something that gets applied to certain trades and certain fields. And um, you know, as an example, like my dad is just a, a like a super old fashioned sexist guy. And um, he, even now, he knows that I'm a carpenter, that I've worked as a carpenter as a trade, and that I teach it in school. And he still says, if like say we need something built you should have Charlie, who's my husband, uh, build this thing, you know? And it's like, even now, he still says that because it's just so deep in his mind. It was like, Dad, you know, like, why would you say that? You know, I can do it. But he, it's because he just doesn't make that connection and it's gonna take a change in culture. Um, so I think the resistance is, is just being reminded over and over again. Young people are constantly reminded that that's, you know, if, you're, if you look like this, this is the thing you do. If you look like that, this is the thing you do. And um, it just takes active engagement in the activities to, to shift that. Over. I see where you come from because my dad does the same thing. Yeah. He says, you should be in the kitchen like cooking something. Right. Or yeah. you need to get ready for when you get married. You might need to mm -hmm. cook and clean and all this type of things. Exactly. Well, I'm not really like that. Yeah. I like drawing and getting rough and mm -hmm. want to mm -hmm. not do a female's job of cleaning mm -hmm. and cooking. Mm -hmm for someone yeah it's very it's very deeply ingrained yeah yeah and also i think we're gonna have to build a lot more cool things that attract imagination mm -hmm. um for 
different people to want to build things because right now I don't think there's a lot of inspiration to build a lot of the same stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I support your yeah. wanting to do the other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be an animator. Thank you so much, y'all. Thank you so Okay. Um, one of my solutions would be to get people in the black community to come together to protest about getting better education for people of all races or color to have a better education system to grow up to be something good instead of having them to be doubted about what they have to learn and what they can. And another solution I have is for Cook County about their mental institution is to get the people help because I know there is something wrong with them instead of locking them up and just keeping them from the world. this about today so we this is about creating spaces that uh, offer more uh, of a place to imagine the kind of world that we do want instead of uh, always coming from a framework of what we don't want right so we know we don't like prisons um, we know we don't want like the school to p- prison pipeline we know we don't like the way the schools are built but what do we what do we like what do we want what do we want to see things coming from a forward position so basically you're trying to tell people and talk about a utopian society of what everyone wants so everyone's happy um not tell people because I don't have the answers but more create a space where we can figure those answers out together Right? Where we can kind of play our way through figuring those out. Okay. Do you think incarcerated do you think incarcerated individuals get therapy in jail? If not, why don't they? Uh they don't. Not the ones I know at least. And they don't because our society and our our, our criminal system is cruel. Um, do you think that they go through more traumatic experiences every day than regular people that live their daily lives? Yes. I think that's obvious because none of us want to be there, so we know it's traumatic. I mean, but don't you think that they have done something wrong to be there? Um, I mean... What's wrong, right? So creating systems where some people have more than they can ever need, right? And then some people don't ever have enough. Seems really wrong to me. That's not exactly a criminal defense, right? Creating wars so that children, you know, in Syria, like, schools are being bombed. That's really wrong to me. Um, It's not a jail you could put somebody in, right? And then there's the bigger question of, even if they did something wrong, how do we make wrong right? So what are some steps you believe that will help these bad scenarios? Building community, real community, where people know each other, where people can begin to make decisions for themselves, um, where poor people have a stronger voice in the government. Okay, thank you. Thank you. This audio piece was developed by Sojourner Scholars and blocked by Block.
These presentations were part of the Imagining America Conference 2018 in Chicago.